This is the 100th episode of The Polini Perspective. Who Amazing. knew he was so vain that he'd keep it up for 100 episodes, right? <laughs> Listen, one episode for every person who listens. Wow. <laughs> no, we were we were legit saying this. And of course, Joe DiCipio is joining us today, which is fitting. Joe is like a fan favorite guest. Thank you. 100 had to beg myself to get on the, the pod for the 100. But great yeah. to be here to celebrate with uh, Patrick. Yeah, Joe, Joe, Joe had to bribe me this morning with a text at 8 a.m. saying, what can I give you to get on the podcast today? <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, and by the way, Sarah, I know I know our uh, listeners can't see it, but he even has a Fox Five shirt on. Joe That's DeSantis. right, in celebration, right? Come on, I am. Yeah. Joe, I said I said when you showed up on Zoom this morning that uh, you you're start you're looking a little fit. Yeah, right. What are you What are you working out? Eating healthy? What are you doing over there? And working out like a champ. My kids are making healthy meals. It's been great. The only problem is, is I'm drinking a lot more than I was. <laughs> Join the club. Oh, my God. We all it's crazy. Yeah, so I, I'm I'm doing everything you said, except the uh, eating healthier and I'm drinking more. So I, I'm like <laughs> doing the opposite of you. Joe, uh, what are you really doing, though? Are you is it the intermittent fasting? What is it? Yeah. No, intermittent fasting. So I don't eat until afternoon every day. Ah, okay. And then I have the usual breakfast with berries and whatnot. And the kids, we, we try to eat dinner at around 6.30 every day, and the meal's over by 7.15, and that's it, except for the six glasses of wine and port and everything. <laughs> so you're really not fasting. You're food fasting. You're not alcohol fasting after 8 o'clock. Uh, well, we've been pretty good during the week. The weekends have not been good. They have not been. Well, that's okay. Five yeah. days of fasting, two days of debauchery. But no, it's been, you know what, honestly, I, I actually do move a little bit more than I was when I was going into work because the three hours round trip commute my wife and i are getting out doing a walk pretty much every day so it's been good right and if it ever gets warmer we'll get on the bike patrick's got his little peloton he does so quarantine life's been good for you that's right it has been so real quick on the workout front you know i was a big otf orange theory yeah felt great so i actually did peloton has an app that comes with the with the bike and it has yoga strength workouts ca- cardio workouts so i did one of the strength workouts yesterday it was a 30 minute workout and um i literally my arms are going to fall off today i just i cannot even feel my arms right now by the way i'm sitting on them because they hurt so much <laughs> ounce curls come on was that part of the workout oh it was 200 push-ups oh damn I- I don't think I've done 200 push-ups in the last month, never mind in one day. 200 push-ups, 10 a day? What? You did 10 a day for 20? No, I did 200 in 37 minutes. (laughs) I literally can't feel my chest or my arms today. I hope that was like the only move. Did they try to get you to do other moves? I mean, 200. Yeah, like these crazy lunges. And I was in my back deck area. Please don't even. It, if people were watching, it would have been hysterical. <laughs> I can Where only imagine. Video? Somebody, somebody, bring us the video. Come yeah, on. Yeah, there's video somewhere. I know. Please film this. Please, um, guys. We got so much to cover today. I mean, all the White House updates on President Trump. I want to know all your thoughts. Then locally, you know, Arlington County giving um, 
Governor Northam pushback as far as his May 15th reopening. So we have a lot politically to talk about, as always, and then we'll get to some other lighter stuff. But I think people are really curious, Patrick, about an update. You did get to see your mom. I did. Yes, it was fantastic. I mean, listen, bittersweet. Yeah, it was. Um, so I saw her last Thursday for the first time since my dad passed, which was April 2nd. Uh, so five weeks uh, went by and, you know, obviously it was a sad occasion, but Very. at the same time, she was happy to have me there. And it was, you know, it was probably the first time you know, I really realized he was gone. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, cause he wasn't at the house. Right. And he should have been at the house because, you know, through this COVID craziness, you're still self quarantined. You're in one state, they're in another state. It's not like you would have seen them anyway, but so that was really the first time. But, uh, but in the end it was, it was really good to see her. And actually I'm going to see her again next weekend. Uh, so, uh, you know, she's, she's, she's negative. She's, no symptoms for 35 days. So that on that front also very, very good. So yeah, oh. it was, uh, it, it was, but it was good to see her. I mean, I you know, it's sad because she, you know, she said to me, she says like, you know, this is the first meal I've had with somebody sitting near me in 42 days. Oh, couldn't I imagine about that through all this craziness, you know, we're all, you know, complaining, but you know, her husband's gone. No one's in the house. And, you know, every night, you know, not even someone to have a meal with. So anyway, thanks for asking. It went well. Uh, It was good to see her. Yeah, good, good. It's so great. I know she, I'm sure she's so grateful for the support. And yeah, yeah, I mean, we're all thinking about you guys because it has to be so difficult. So um, that's great that you get to see her again. Uh, okay, let's talk lots of politics stuff. Obviously, lots of local stuff. Um, Joe, it's always great to get your opinion. So let's start maybe with the White House. It seems That's still... That's what Patrick says, by the way. He never... <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, away we go. So... <laughs> We now have Vice President Pence, uh, his press secretary there, testing positive for COVID. You still had, as of a couple days ago, White House administration, including Vice President Pence and Trump, not wearing masks. Now we're we're hearing that the entire staff, everybody has to wear them. You have Fauci in self-quarantine. Guys, what are you what are your immediate reactions to what still seems like a pretty chaotic White House? That's exactly what it is. It's total chaos, right? That there's no <sighs> consistency. It, look, as you, as you know, and the listeners know, Patrick calls me every morning religiously. We spend a half an hour on the phone, and there's there's no consistent leadership, and you see it in the White House. And the other thing, of course, is is they were doing daily testing. They had access to rapid tests that most of the rest of us don't, and even then, they still had people test positive. So look, it shines a brighter light on how do you figure out how to open the economy when there's not enough testing to go around. And yeah. folks in the House who were being tested still have the virus. So chaos is the word, Sarah. You have yeah. that. Unfortunately, Joe and I, I think, are going to agree a bunch today, which is probably okay for the 100th Finally, episode. Finally, so yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's totally chaotic. It is... Um, mixed messages all over the place from, from, from the, from the white house and even from the States, you know, I don't think they get a total pass. I think, yes, 
you know, the, the president and, and the White House has to set the tone and set set the parameters and the policies and and make sure that there's enough testing. And if, you know, if we're going to do contact tracing and all that stuff, but also the states are just all over the place. I've said to Joe numerous times, I do not understand how Governor Cuomo is getting all this praise. His state's a mess. His, you know, his nursing homes were a death trap. They still don't have enough testing in New York. He has the highest death total. He waited a month to clean the subways on and on and on. And yet the guy has an 87% approval rating because many in the media have decided because he's a great speaker, good looking guy, you know, works out and he has a, a brother on, he goes yeah, to scary. <laughs> and he has a brother on CNN that somehow this guy has been like this, you know, you know, he's handled it well. He hasn't. He's just a good orator. Well, but, look, you ahead, and Jeff. I will disagree on this, right? He stood up there and he told people what he knew and wasn't playing games, right? Agree that he didn't handle it well. He could have done it better, but at least he told up. People felt he was honest where that's not what you get out of the White House, right? Because there's no consistency. And my complaint to Patrick all along has been, look, I just want somebody up there to give me a consistent message. This is what we know today. This is what we're doing. This is how it's. And in three weeks later, if that changes and you have new information, say, all right, we got new information. We're shifting gears. But you just want leadership that's not around how am I going to get reelected? It's all about politics and not what's doing best for the country. And that's yeah, my. Yeah, I, I, just I don't tell me I, what the way it is. Yeah, I don't disagree with you. Uh, I'm on fire already. Hundred episodes. I'm killing it. Yes. What's crazy though? Uh, why? Literally, right now, breaking news. I just got the alert. Uh, uh, Governor Northam of Virginia has now rethought about opening the 15th and has okay. extended it to May 29th. Okay, so that isn't is statewide, right? Yeah. Okay, so Arlen. Because Northern Virginia pushed back, as you mentioned, Sarah, right? Yes. So, so Sarah, to your point, just delayed it to now May 29th. So I'm in North Carolina right now, spending a week working from here, Sarah, and literally 12 minutes from here is South Carolina. Yeah. Which you would you would think there's no such thing as COVID. Like <sighs> bars are open, people are on their back decks, boating, people are in you know, outlet malls. It's a total S show. Uh, it, I mean, I'm in uh, North Carolina yeah. and it even feels a little odd, but you know, at least here restaurants are not open. There's you, you're still doing the takeout. Very few masks down here in North Carolina. Really? Very few. Yeah. And uh, some thrift stores are like cer certain retail stores are allowed to be open down here with less than 10 people in, so, you know, this thing doesn't know state lines. And again, and then Joe can jump in. I agree there absolutely has to be a plan to get the economy going again. You cannot sustain the stay at home in all these states until there's a vaccine or some other. So what's the plan? Ramp up testing, contact tracing potentially. I think there's these benchmarks that, even the White House did set, and none of them are being met, and yet states are still opening. So that's the mis mixed messaging Joe, I think, is talking about. The White House puts out this three-phase plan. you got to have two weeks of reduced numbers. 
no states hit it or none of the states have hit it when they started to reopen. And yet the president's out there cheerleading the, the reopening. They're not even sticking to their own phase right. one plan. Right. Look, you know what happened was it's kind of like what happened in reverse when the NAB, uh, NAB, the NBA canceled the basketball season. Right. That's what and everybody else followed immediately. Right. The same thing happened with the states in reverse. Once one state started to reopen, all the other states felt the pressure to reopen. Right. It's like it's sort of it's you know, it's kind of the herd mentality in reverse. So it gets much harder. What, and the, look, the, so that's the problem. Right. And we don't have the consistent messaging. And by the way, it's not, it's all a risk balance. We've talked about it before. You yes. can't, you can't say, oh, we can't open because until we have zero deaths, that's not realistic. It's impossible. You've got to do the, the risk and the balance. And I just want to know what it is, what's the testing. And the key really is, is do we have the capacity to handle what is inevitably going to be a second wave, right? Uh, and so how yeah. do you, and we're not, nobody knows and nobody's telling us. That's the problem there. It's sort of the magical thinking, ah, let's just reopen. It'll be fine. We'll be good. Let's get the economy going. Doesn't again. it blow your mind? I mean, uh, to me, I'm just so, I'm like, this is just complete chaos. And now it seems like, Patrick, what you were saying, you have people in states not wearing masks, not taking it seriously. And I just think people are kind of throwing their hands up like, well, oh, well, whatever. But Sarah, What's but, the but, mask thing? Go ahead, Patrick. No, no, I was just into playing devil's advocate a little on that. So I'm in I'm in Brunswick County, North Carolina. Okay, where I'm at right now. Population's 143,000 people. Okay, they have only 51 positives, 48 recoveries. Okay, one one is still considered positive, and two deaths in the entire county. So there's people down here who are losing their businesses and homes saying, are you kidding me? 51 people. Now, granted, they've only had 1800 tests. So you could make the case that if 50,000 people have been tested, but in the end, there's still only two people who've died. And again, that's two lives. You know, I feel bad for their families. Trust me. But if you're in this County and you're going to lose your business, you're like, screw this. So I do get that feeling depending on what geographic region you're in and the amount of, I mean, it's 0.0003% positives in this entire county. But I, so, I to say you can't open regionally, right? You can to your point, but there's no, there's no plan we have the guidelines nobody's following. Them, right. right? And, and different. you're seeing now, look, Amarillo, Texas, they announced now that's a hot spot after Texas was one of the first rest- states to reopen. Des Moines, Iowa now getting really hard hit. I mean, the problem is, is, OK, people are going to jump back in. And I get it being a small business owner. But the minute you start having an outbreak in your county, then what? Like we are going to have this horrible second wave. I agree. Part of the problem, too, is that in these other countries, However, they did it or do it from either it's they made it law or they yeah out of fear. The problem in our society, and this is going to sound terrible, but it's true. We're mostly a selfish society. Yeah, we want to we want to we want to have things that we want to do. We don't give a shit about other people. Uh, And you know, we flood to the beaches. We flood. You know, we want self gratification right away. 
And if, if we actually had a society that understood the ramifications, I think you could open up more retail places because they, there's ways to do this. I mean, you got Disney opening up. They're taking reservations for July, even at 30% capacity. Like airline said they're going to leave middle seats open. We but just have did a story it. this morning. Yeah. Have it. Yeah. Pack plane. So even the, there's, 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 unfortunately, some corporations have really stepped up. Others, they haven't. And certainly, I think society, societally, it's been a selfish response. Don't you? Right. That's, I wanted the mask thing that you brought up, right? There's this sort of anti, I'm not wearing a mask. Yeah. You wear a mask because you respect the people around you. You don't do it for yourself. You do it out of respect and selfless, being unselfish, right? You're doing it because you respect the others around you. So I don't understand the blowback on mask wearing. I don't, right? We wear them whenever we go out. And I get there are some, you know, there are some autistic folks who can't, but what? Why are you protesting wearing a mask? You do that because you're showing you care right. for your fellow human being. You respect yeah. that. And I, I don't understand that at all. At I, all. I mean, I mean, right now, who does it hurt to throw a mask on when you go into a, a place? It's. I think you're right, Patrick. It's about people are just selfish. And for some reason, they're convinced that it is, you know, taking away their rights or, you know, it's like they're being defiant by not having one. It, it's really crazy to see. And it seems like states and just the longer we go along, it's just sort of like, OK, well, we're going to reopen and then you just make your own decision. If you want to go out, go out. If, if you don't, you don't. If you get it. Hey, notify somebody. I mean, it just seems like I, the, 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 the last thing on this and we can move on. The one thing I do, I don't like about some of the decisions governors have made and, and you know, and the mayor of D.C. is like it's very selective what retails outlets or what retail categories have been considered essential. I think you should have allowed more retailers to present a plan to stay open, mitigate it, you know, cross-contamination, self-distance. I think there could have been more creativity. I mean, we saw it in our own, keeping our station up and running, providing news 80 hours a week. We we adjusted very quickly. Now, right. granted, we were considered essential. But I do think it's been very selective and, and, and hurt a lot of individuals, um, uh, you know, who, who maybe otherwise could have at least keep kept their business moving and still maintain every all the protocols necessary to keep people safe. Um, and, you know, I praise Hogan. I still do. I think he's done a great job in Maryland. But I think he's also been a little the last several weeks kind of. And again, it's a fluid situation. It's a difficult situation. Uh, but um we need communication. You need right. consistency, communication, a real plan. And you have to be able to adapt a plan. I think people are just looking for a sense that like, okay, we're going to get eventually back to some, some right. normalcy. That's why I say stand up there and tell me like it is without any of the BS. That's all you want. That's all you can ask for. I want to believe that what you're doing is for the best of the country, not some other agenda. But you also can't overcorrect either, right? I, th I think you, th there's a balance. And people, look, we're learning new things about this virus every day. 
People don't expect you to be right all the time, as long as they believe that you're honest and you're doing your best, right? Look, Patrick, I agree with you, by the way, you could have opened other businesses. The interesting thing is the different things you see, even in the same chain, right? So we have a Costco we go to in Northern Virginia. They've been very, very good about the distancing and limiting people in. My wife and I went into the district on Friday to the Costco there because you can buy booze there. It was, it was insane. Yeah. They were, it was, and it, it freaks you out. I admit, right. I have too many people around me and get it. It was really well. And again, maybe I'm going to be overly critical of mayor Bowser right now, but in her early press conference, this is going back over a month now. She made a statement. And again, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here because I don't remember the exact quote, but something to the effect Somebody asked, are you going to have to enforce it? And are people going to get arrested for violating self-distancing rules and gatherings and so forth? And she said, no, because the people of D.C. know better. We trust them to do the right thing. (laughs) Two days later, you had the craziness at the wharf, at the fish market. Then you had, uh, I I can't remember where the other insanity was. And, you know, to Joe's point, you know, that Costco's in DC. Like when you know, you're not going to enforce, when people know you're not going to enforce exactly. it, you're not going to get in trouble. Well, and like, I actually feel- Shame on her for trusting her citizens, right? And <laughs> and by the way, DC's now one of the worst areas in the country. You know, they're talking about DC won't hit peak positives until maybe late July. So- <sighs> That, that something's been mishandled in D.C. It just has. Yeah, 100%. And, and here's the thing I think, too, that's, I, I don't know, fascinating to me. But, you know, in New York City, you've had police officers at times try to enforce. A lot of people felt like it was too forceful. Um, people wearing masks by either physically bringing them down. And then those guys go viral for trying yeah. to, you know, it's like, yeah. it, it, and then you almost see authorities go, okay, well, we can't win either way. So just let people do whatever they want. Yeah. It's it's amazing yeah. the lack of, like you were saying, compassion. And this is a moment, I think, where certainly a lot of people are stepping up. With, oh my gosh, everybody in the hospitals. By the way, to, to your point, Twitter's almost become unbearable. Yeah, I mean, situation. it's just like... I mean, it's always been unbearable. That's true. Uh, yeah, That's but true. I, I That's think, true. I think, it, I think it's been quadrupled in, in uh, level in terms of being unbearable. I mean, we could talk hours all coronavirus things, but I do want to ask you guys, we are coming up, it's getting to be five and a half, six months away from the presidential election. Um, Joe Biden, there are rumors that is seriously looking at Kamala Harris as his vice presidential candidate. What do you guys think about that? Um, and seems to be Tara Reid, you know, again, not much more happening there. Joe, you want to go first? So, I, look, whether it's Kamala Harris, I don't know. And I don't have a sense of who's best. I think we and we talked about this a couple of week, weeks ago. It's more important he doesn't make a Sarah Allen mistake, right? That you that he's got to make sure he chooses somebody that won't hurt him. And Allen was disastrous um, for McCain. On the Tara Reid, look, what do you what do you do with that, right? You, you, when you compare it to the to the complaints against Trump, they're far less. You know, Trump has a pattern, a history of it. Biden does it. What's the truth? I don't know. Um, I don't. 
look, the Dems have certainly been hypocritical about it. The Republicans were hypocritical on the other side. I don't think it makes any difference, right? Unless there are other women who come out and accuse Biden of the same thing, but there's been no pattern. And I'm not excusing his behavior. He is a little creepy the way he touches people all the time. It just is, right? It's kind of creepy. But there, you have one, one yep. case from... 25 years ago and there's no other pattern i just oh sounds like kavanaugh but those same dems you're talking about completely treated him differently joe i said it was hypocritical right yeah it's been so hypocritical it's unbelievable the hypocrisy and i I will say something now that's probably going to get me in trouble (laughs) we love that but look you and i again i'm not excusing the behavior and if he did what he did to the extent it's unforgivable but we all do things that we were ashamed of or would never do 15 years later, right? And again, I'm not saying that if what she says is true, is it's not. But we're allowed to make mistakes and learn and adjust. And we seem to have lost that. You know, so I sort of worry about, look, there are certainly things that I would have, you know, that if people came out and said, you, I would be like mortified that 21-year-old Joe DeCipio did that, right? Yeah, I'll agree with you, Joe, on that, on the touchy-feely, you know, comments that you might have made, you know, 20 years ago. You certainly can't make now on a lot of levels, not just in the Me Too world, but from jokes you may have told 20 years ago, you certainly can't tell them now, uh, comparisons and so forth. But to your point, I'm glad you said it. If he did do what he, she says he did, it's absolutely disqual. You're disqualified to I run for president. Agree. To be clear, I'm not excusing that. Yeah, yeah, no. Now, and again, I've said this three weeks in a row now. My, I don't know what happened, what didn't happen. I believe it should be looked into, just like the Kavanaugh was looked into. My, I switch it more to the pol- political side. Yeah. I just want consistency from somebody, whether it's a Republican or a Democrat. Who's going to step? Who's going to step up and apply the same standards to both sides? They're not right now. The, Pelosi's been a joke on this. Uh, Kamala Harris has been a joke. Booker's been a joke. Chris, I mean, we talked about it last week. Christine Gildebrand, who forced Al Franken out of the Senate. He was a sitting senator from Minnesota, forced him out because of some photo and jokes. Who was who, a by comedian? By the way, Al Franken was a comedian. Comedian! In his, in his previous Bye. life, have all, oh, this is Joe being Joe. Well, you know what? Uh, they should step back, ask for a full investigate. Where's all these people called yeah. for the FBI investigation like they did for Kavanaugh? I just want consistency. And by the way, if it was reversed and Kavanaugh had been a Dem, I think the Republicans would have acted just like the Democrats did. And if Joe Biden was a Republican, I think this isn't a party thing. I'm looking for someone to be above it all. Maybe I'm naive naive to think that that still exists. I don't know. And Joe, I mean, your your statement is, okay, it's fascinating that you say that, right? Because you would have thought Brett Kavanaugh, if we're going by like your theory, right? Okay, hey, we've all done things when we were 20, 18 years old. I mean, it's just amazing to me that Brett Kavanaugh was that age. You know, you have no physical evidence. You have contradictory stories, but yet that guy couldn't get anybody to make a statement like that. Like, oh, hey, maybe we did do things that were on the line when we were 18 or 19. So, I mean, people just don't, 
Let me be clear, by the way. I'm not suggesting that if you rape somebody, that's... No, 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 Joe, we, we know that. No! Not, right? But, but I will say, to play devil's advocate real quick, Joe, Sarah, and, and the Kavanaugh, being a Supreme Court justice, is a lifetime appointment. And, you know, 20 senators 20, you know, get to decide that, okay? Not the voters. So the voters will decide if they believe Tara Reid or if they believe Joe Biden to a certain degree. So it is a little different. I'm just talking about the hypocrisy from certain sitting senators like Klobuchar, Kamala Harris, Booker. Yeah. All who were on. Of course. Just all who were. Yeah. You know, Tara Reid, much like, you know, um, Blasey Ford, you know, says that this was a mentally traumatic incident. I mean, that she's been impacted by it. And I agree. It just seems like. You and know. by the way, he was a senator, not a high school student. Big difference. Yeah, agreed. Let's, let's be fair. Look, I mean, listen. I tell you what. The one message this sends is, if you're a if you're a woman, you would. Why would you put yourself through this? Right. It never. The victim accuser. It never ends well for them. It yeah. never does. Yeah. Right? It just does. Um, all right. I want to ask you guys, too, a little bit about yep. Major League Baseball. So Major League Baseball seems to be putting themselves out there now saying they're going to do 80 games. No uh, fans, but yet players, including one from the Nats, coming out and saying, OK, but behind the scenes, the MLB has no real plan or strategy to test for coronavirus or what happens if somebody on the team tests positive. What do you guys think? Do you think MLB will move forward with 80 games? They have to get the union to agree, right? And the union doesn't seem to be playing ball. Yeah. That. Yeah. I, I, I think <laughs> certainly. Ooh, I like the pun. All right. I'm going to have two sides of this. Certainly from a standpoint of um, my business side, I certainly want the MLB to be able oh, to figure this out. Right? We desperately want live sports. We desperately need it as a country. And yes, baseball has waned in uh, popularity over the years compared to some other sports. However, there is still something about the Americana of baseball that's, I think, important to society. And to sit down and watch a game in the sun, or at least on TV when they're in the sun, I think would be therapeutic. However, I think there's a lot of bad optics right now. The NFL has the benefit of time. Not time from a planning standpoint, but from an opening up standpoint. Right. September is a long way away. Baseball, if they're going to do the rapid testing, let's say, like the White House is doing. But now you're talking about 30 teams doing rapid testing every day. Why aren't the nurses getting that? Why aren't the doctors getting that? Why aren't the grocery store clerks getting that? Why aren't the postal workers getting that? Why aren't the FedEx delivery people getting that? And so on and so forth. So it, it becomes political, optics, financial. Um, so there's a lot there. And, and, and the leagues I, are aware of that, right? The leagues have said only if we're not taking away from the public good. So they're, they're aware of the point you're making because it's not a great look. So I, it just seems like when they make these statements, they're very optimistic. But then when you get down to thinking about the optics, there's no way it's like Northam so, extending opening. You know, so I want to throw something else out to and get some thoughts on. I'm a big sports guy. And I think, yes, you have to be able to crown a champion and all this stuff. 
but the question I would ask right now is, do you? Or do you serve a larger purpose as a lead? Just play the games? Just play the games. So whether it's 40 games, 30 games, 50 games, who cares? If you have to wait till August to start, then start in August. Don't have a champion. Just play games. The country needs games. All these other people are putting themselves out front to better society in this situation, front lines and so forth. Like, stop trying to make it so you have to crown a champion. Granted, as a Fox station, I want the World Series. Okay, so maybe you, you play 30 games and the top four teams go to the playoffs and you pick a champion. Who cares? It doesn't have to be perfect. Just play the games. At some point, play some games. And by the way, how about you say this? What 80 players want to – maybe you only have six teams and you, and you create new teams. Like, be creative. You, it doesn't have to – and granted, I know you have a players' union and all this other stuff, so, you know. Look, I'm with Patrick. Play the games. Let's go, right? Let's figure it out. Let's play figure it out. with all the other caveats, health, safety. Yeah, of course. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I agree I mean, with you. You don't have to sort of worry about the legitimacy of the ultimate champion. I mean, so you start, maybe you play two games a week. Right. Who cares? Why? That is a good question. Why is it 80 games? Do you think that's trying to meet like a revenue uh, quota? Because they're trying to crowd. Uh, because baseball. Baseball, unfortunately, is stuck in this historical statistic world and and the so-called, you know, purists, they call them, of baseball. If you don't have any games, it won't be a legit champion. Shut up. Who cares? <laughs> right. I agree. What, okay, I didn't because, know that. That's, that's... You know, I mean, baseball... listen, the Redskins won a world, the Redskins won a Super Bowl in a, in a strike year. No one says they don't have three championships, right? That's, that's right. That's right. Look, part of what baseball is doing this, and I heard this listening to another podcast the other day, is it seems like every 24 or 48 hours they come up with an idea. People crap all over it and they say, oh, never mind, we'll do something else, right? <laughs> it's almost like they just – Listen, I bet if you were to take some polling, I, I bet you'd rather see the Nats play 40 games than no games. Absolutely. I'd take 20, whatever I can get, just play them. Right. You can figure just out play how them. Completely play, play two a week, clean the stadium. Um Joe, you and I should be – we could figure this out. We should be, we should be both president and MLB commissioner. Me, me and Sarah could definitely reopen baseball. I'll just uh, commentate, really. I don't – Sarah, um, you, you'd be a great – I'll a be great an announcer. Analyst. Yeah. Right. Well, I curse – you'd be a color no, commentator. it's too much of a family game. I, I, I'll go like UFC where they – that first baseman. Oh, my God. Yeah, exactly, exactly. No. So, Sarah, what's Dan hearing on the soccer side? Like youth leagues and stuff. <laughs> it's such a mess. Well, you know, mixed reviews. I guess like all the, the MLB stuff. You know, they he works for Loudon Soccer. You know, some people, some members of management and the board are really optimistic that they're going to play summer soccer. But – you know, I don't see how. I think they have these same conversations. How are you going to – are you going to test kids that come onto the field? The parents they're talking about cannot watch. You know, they have to wait in their cars or something. I mean, are parents going to do that? Yeah, I don't know. They're, they're really – it's really a lot of – I guess they're totally split down the middle. So about, I want to throw two more things out of this and we can move on to some lighter subject real quick. I think the long-term impacts on children through this is going to be is understated. I think they've been the forgotten group in this. Oh, what that's... they've had it, what they've had to go through. 
The and younger kids particularly. The younger right? kids in particular, from schooling to activities to friends to everything. And then what the way this country has treated their elderly in nursing homes should we should be ashamed of how we didn't have the foresight to protect those homes from the beginning. I mean, one third of the 80,000 deaths are nursing home related. And they said now going forward, one out of every two deaths going forward will be nursing home related. So you could end up with 100,000 deaths and 40,000 of them being nursing home related. That's a travesty. Completely and, agree. We've yeah. never done death well in this country and we have never treated our elderly well. We just never have. My view. Great. We have so much to look forward to. Great. This, this, that sucks. So, finally, okay. Before we move on, we didn't finish. Biden wins going away. There is no way Trump. Wins. No, totally disagree with you. See, yeah. I got. I had to. I had to inject some controversy, but because Patrick thinks there is no way. No way. No way that Trump wins. There is no. no totally disagree. Gallup, so Gallup poll last week, which has never been favorable to Trump. Never. Harris poll last week. Also, never a favorable Trump. It doesn't exist, Patrick. I tried to find it. It doesn't exist. What? It doesn't exist. What doesn't exist? Or after you blabbered about the Harris poll with Trump up, I couldn't. I will. I'll send it to you right after this. uh, Okay. Gallup last week had Trump at the highest approval rating in the history of his presidency, forty-nine percent, and had all six major battleground states within uh, the margin of error. Oh, that Either is... Trump ahead or Biden ahead. And... I don't see how that's possible. I don't see how that is possible. I mean, they cannot manage this. It's embarrassing. They don't wear masks. Well, because I'm... here's the thing, and I've said this to Joe, and he's, you know, he's too too simple-minded to, to, to think <laughs> it through. If you own a small business in rural Wisconsin or Pennsylvania or Michigan, honestly, you only care about one thing, your livelihood, your familyhood. If you have a if you have a company that's trying to reopen and your husband or your spouse or your wife works at that warehouse, that's all you care about. You care about feeding your family and the, the whether it's been inconsistent or not. They're not blaming him for the disease coming here. And they're not blaming him because now the rhetoric has turned to reopening. And anybody who stands in the way of that, that's the enemy. And and I'm not suggesting that's right or wrong. I'm just saying that's the real facts outside the East Coast, West Coast bubble. And the fact that he's been up there every day, (sighs) yeah. Maybe telling misinformation, different exactly. rhetoric. He does. He sh- they shouldn't allow him up there because he only jams himself when he gets up there. He says something stupid every but time. But Joe, up. doesn't matter. It doesn't seem to resonate with. Well, so to Joe's I point, I, I I think the Clorox stuff did hurt him. I think it really did, and they pulled him away for two weeks. And I do think some of the other stuff hurt. Yeah, so my calculus is this: pre-COVID, if I was a betting person. I would have had him 80 to 85 percent. He Trump would win the election going away against certainly against Sanders, 75 to 80 against Biden. I can see your face. It would have been great. (laughs) Now, now I say it's Biden's to lose, but by no means is this 
is it going to be, you know, I, I think Biden is now probably, I would say, 60, 40 to win it. Um, but no, by no means can you predict that this thing's going to be able. Listen, Biden's a bad candidate. He's a bad candidate. Okay. Well, he, in, he, well only only the because you you know you're convinced whether you're right or wrong that there is something mentally. Yes, he is a bad candidate. He's, he's a terrible candidate. Yes, he he's a so, terrible candidate. He is. He just listen. <sighs> Yikes. You know, he he's just he's old. He's he's seen as the past. He's a moderate. He's not progressive enough for 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 the far left wing of the party. He. Um, now, the Dems had to Listen, do he's a better candidate than Sanders would have been. Oh, for sure. For sure. Because I do think the blue collar union folks from Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Michigan, certainly in the auto world, because Obama and Biden bailed out the auto market back in in '09. So I think those I think where he hurts Trump the most is the blue collar mm. moderates who who moved to Trump last time and may move back to the dem side this time uh but i still think he wins going away he just does so the problem with saying that joe and again i don't want to get too myopic on this because it it bores people but when you you go when you go state by state biden would have to win wisconsin which is going to be a huge task I think he wins Pennsylvania. I think he wins Michigan. Those are turns from from four years ago. I still think Biden loses Florida to Trump. So to me, the election comes down to Arizona. Um, now, listen, if this thing continues and we end up at 130,000 deaths and the economy doesn't reopen or it reopens and then has to reclose and there's no NFL, Biden wins 37 states. And this Oof. thing is an absolute disaster for Trump. But if, if, if it looks like the economy is improving a little bit and uh, some other things and Biden gets out there and looks terrible, I don't I think I think Trump still can win by uh, squeaking it out with Arizona and Florida. Oh, it's going to be really that, good. That's some analysis. That is Joe. some analysis. Joe, I should be on like all the big shows. You should. <laughs> You should have your own political half hour on Sunday morning. I you should. You know what? Thompson strolled you out. I'm in. Yeah. I mean, at any yeah. time you could do that. No, wait. I, I wanted to follow up with a sports question because I feel like both of you would enjoy this documentary. Are either one of you watching The Last Dance about Michael Jordan? Love it. It's so good, Patrick. It is so. I mean, I'm not a sports person Joe, like are you. you. Watching? Joe. Uh, I don't. You don't uh, care? Joe. Joe, Joe, go back and watch the eight episodes this week so you can watch the finale Sunday. It's fantastic. Joe, so it I've is heard, so good. Just... Are you not Joe, a Jordan you got... fan? You're Joe, not... you'll love it, Joe. No, I think Jordan's the best that ever played. There's no question. I just haven't. The watched. inside stuff is so good. The hatred for Isaiah Thomas, awesome. Grant. There's I... things I didn't know. Like, like what? Pippen. Like well, I mean, I knew when Pippen sat on the bench and didn't come out in in uh, in '94 uh, playoff series, but I mean, Jordan. I'll tell you what, Jordan doesn't pull any punches of what he thought at the time. We knew he's the greatest player of all time, and we knew he was competitive. I didn't realize he was ruthless. 
competitive. No, those guys like that are ruthless. You have to be. Yeah, to be that good. But he is he made up things that people said in his mind so the next night after they didn't have a good game, he could come out and score fifty something points on people. Uh he was just and wait, by wait, the way, wait, wait. the way they treat Jerry Krause. Okay, but Jerry Krause is such a squirrely little motherfucker. He, yeah. I mean, how did that guy? <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah. Oh, but it, can I you agree imagine? With you, but he did build a hell of a thing. He made some great trades. I yeah, mean, back then. Phil Jackson, trading for Pippen. The Rodman trade was excellent, turned out to be. B.J. Armstrong. Listen, Krause, was, Krause did a pretty good job for, for a long time. Oh, God. But, he uh, is so hard yeah, to watch. Easy, I know. Such anyway, Joe, easy. you got to watch it. You got to watch it. Watch. We'll do that. Patrick, don't you love, though, I think, and I'm curious what your opinion is, but I do think that Jordan is a class act. Like, I just love. He seems it. I, he seems it. I love he the whole thing. very straightforward. People respected him. I mean, other than the so-called gambling rumors, and who cares? Gambling's legal. If you gamble, fine, as long as you're doing it legally and not on your sport. Uh, he really had no blemishes in his life. None. You know, he lost his father in a tragic m- murder situation. Uh, but I also think to- how nice it was, how supportive his parents were, you know, and I think for a lot yeah. of athletes, you don't see that. And I thought that was a great, you know, advantage that I, he had. Yeah, sorry. The part I love was this past weekend when, they talked about him trying to play baseball. I mean, he knew in his heart he was never going to make the majors. But the camaraderie that he had with the with the Barons um, players and, you know, th- they treated him like just a regular minor league baseball player. And here's Michael Jordan, three-time defending NBA championship, joining your minor league baseball team. And he was one of the guys. That said a lot about him. He didn't, he didn't want to be treated like a prima donna. He... He just wanted to be right in or with them. And to me, that said, that showed a lot about his character. Okay, one last thing on this, and then we'll move on. But I, I'm only on episode six, so I haven't seen seven and eight yet. Do oh, you, sorry. Do you believe the conspiracy theories that no. um, he had to go to baseball because of his gambling? No. Do they no. talk about that? They do. Okay, can't they wait. They do. They okay. talk about this weekend. I love you know, it. The rumors, you know, Andrea There's Kramer. no chance of that, by the way. No chance. No, it was... It, all fake, you and, think? And, yeah, and okay. to even, and I, I, I think that was the start of the press being the press, trying to make up stories so then they could get on TV. Uh, that would have been such a big coup. Like yeah. he was too popular. Stern was too popular. The NBA at the time was so popular. They had so many oh. beat reporters that would have got out. No way. There's no way. Oh, I just, I think it's such a great documentary. It's, it's so, so good. Um, okay, what guys? What else do we want to cover? Plus, he I mean, was too competitive to bet on his own. Like he, he would have never bet and lost. He could right. have not. That would have, that's against his yeah. constitution, right? Is there anything else we want to cover today? We have covered a lot. We've also, you know, a lot of famous. I act- thought it was going to be light, and we weren't light at all. Come on, hundredth anniversary, no light, no light, and is heavy, all heavy, nothing bright. I know so. What so, so, Sarah? What's your most memorable um, episode? Do you have one? Oh, most memorable episode for us! Oh my gosh! Or, co- or a conversation, mm. I should say. Oh, um, let's see. Well, no, I enjoy um, giving you a hard time so much. So I yeah. feel like I, I, I will say though, uh, 
it's interesting though that the the how we've evolved over a hundred episodes. We started out like we were like totally polar opposites on everything. That's I not think good I, for I me. Think I, I think I moved you to the right a little bit. Oh, Patrick, you have come. Welcome home, Patrick. Yeah, I've come back to the center also. Sarah, I think we've met in the middle. That's our story. You know, it's so weird because I do feel uh, more, I don't know, I feel more conservative, which is a really scary statement. <laughs> so really, is Welcome that, home, Sarah. Welcome, welcome home, Sarah. Sarah. It's welcome terrible. home. You know, I never envisioned Sarah, welcome my, to the middle. I, I never envisioned myself with the phrase factor, but now I often want to pitch <laughs> Fox News on the phrase factor because sometimes I think some of this stuff, I, you know, I don't know. People are just, it, it gets a little PC for me, you know? Yeah, oh, I agree with you. I agree a little with you. bit. So what's, there's what's going, like, it's hard, right? Not a lot happening in the entertainment world. Right? No. I, I just, what do you, I do miss, the one thing I miss is live music, right? Yeah. Being able to go see a show. And it's been watching a lot of Tedeschi Trucks Band does every Thursday night. They do a live show that they stream. It's just not the same, right? Right, it's I, not. I just, I, I'm, you know, this is going to sound horrible, and I don't mean it like because people are still trying. But personally, I'm sick of the like drive-by parades. I'm sick of the Zoom <laughs> drinking. Uh, like, like enough. I could drink. I don't need to be on a Zoom to drink, right? You know. <laughs> yeah, what I want to walk prefer? up. I, I want to walk up to a bar and order a drink. Oh. Hey. You can go across the border, 13 minutes away. Well, that's go, where I'm at. I'm on the patio right now in South Carolina. No, I'm Go okay. for a quick jog and you'll be there. You'll be good. <laughs> a quick jog. <laughs> uh, I don't so, know. I think we're in it for a while. Right? Uh, Sarah, are you, you hanging in there, Sarah? Everything good? All is well. All is well here. I have zero complaints. You have snow out there? Oh, yeah. It snowed um, here in Maine last Saturday. So you guys are blessed that you are not in the north because let me tell you, it is damn cold up here. We still sleep at night with flannel sheets and and a wool blanket, guys. It is. You can... My family loved your outside of 50 degrees in the bikini. They love that. On the <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, but I'm a complete is, exhibitionist. So, By the way, Joe, 100 episodes, Sarah and I, we've become partners in crime, and she's never invited me to be on her podcast. I what? have. I have. What? I'm sorry. Your oh, people don't great. get back to me. I write to your people. I say, when, we, we've scheduled this numerous times, and then, then I always get this Sarah, message. Patrick Sarah, has to reschedule. Joe, Pat- you know Joe, what? I've never, I've never been on her podcast, Joe. She, she has trust a brand me. she's trying not to destroy, Patrick. Yeah. I mean, come on. <laughs> well, here's right? the thing. I want Patrick to come on when Patrick retires because I want true Patrick. I want to know sure. all the <laughs> yeah. inside baseball. Joe, yeah. Joe gets to see true Patrick sometimes on every morning. Because it, it would be entertaining, sir. Oh, my God. Oh, Patrick, I want, when you can finally say whatever, I want the best, Sarah, like... when I write my tell-all book, I want you, I'm coming on. 100 episodes is amazing, though. It really is. Honestly. I know. It's fun. I've told him before, after about three months, I would have figured he said enough of this. Nah. It's impressive. But it's, it's a vanity product. Although it's, it's also nice when no one can pull the plug, <laughs> except for you. <laughs> That's right. 
Uh, Patrick, no, it seriously is. It is amazing. And look, I'm grateful because you keep me employed. You keep me on my toes. So I am great. We're going another hundred. So don't oh, you dare. I do want to make an announcement. What? Um, a very, very good announcement, actually. Real quick. So um, Melanie Alwick, who's our reporter, one of our reporters, who was doing speaking of podcasts, she did, uh, you know, we have uh, like the uh, true crime. or Missing uh, pieces. So she did a podcast called Into the Woods, um, and it was fantastic, and it won a Murrow Award this morning. Did it really? Yeah. yeah. Brand that... new category for the Murrows podcast. She won the regional Murrow. Now she goes on to nationals. Into the Woods, fantastic. Um no, I mean, all kidding aside, it speaks to, you know, the category emerging, certainly that genre. And, um, yeah, it's it's terrific news. So, Patrick, uh, congrats I, to her. I, that is huge news. And I do have to think you are a pioneer because I'm trying to think of, is there another GM? See that, Joe? Joe, I've been trying to tell you that I'm a pioneer for years. Yes, you you're believe stuck in, in the 1850s. She's correct. <laughs> <laughs> is there another GM that we know of that has had – 100 podcast episodes. I don't nope. even think there's another gym that had one. <laughs> <laughs> well, the fact that I've, oh, so there's two momentous things here and amazing things. A, I've done 100 and have That's yet not- to be fired. Right. That's right. You've done 100, you haven't been fired. So now the afternoon is still, you know, we're still not in the afternoon yet today, but. Um, what this shout out, by the way, shout out to our corporate communications team, Erica, Victoria, who get to listen to these every day before we approve them. Um, so we've had to make their lives more painful by listening to this. <laughs> by the way, every week. the fact that he's done 100 should tell you that he doesn't really have enough to do. And being a GM isn't all yeah, that. Which is true. Which is true. <laughs> Must yeah. be nice. Must be nice. Yeah. Um, well, guys. You guys are always super entertaining. Sarah, thank you for doing 100 podcasts with Sarah, me. You're the best. Patrick, thank you for having me, for real. This is amazing. I cannot believe it's been nearly two years. It is huge. Joe DeCipio, always a pleasure. Joe, always a pleasure, Joe. Congratulations, Patrick. All right, we'll talk to you everyone later. All right, bye. Guys. bye.